When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hi, my name is Irene, and just recently I have tasted the food that is common for everyone. That is, I did not know any tastes and dishes familiar to you, and instead I settled for some kind of baby food until I was 15 years old. The thing is that when my mother was pregnant with me, she was invited to some young parents' courses where numerous doctors and coaches were talking about what was good and what was bad for children, as well as about the negative influences of certain foods. My mom was so impressed with the stories about the dangers of salt and sugar that she promised herself that she would do everything possible to make her daughter try these two products as late as possible. Oh, at that moment, no one knew how late this would happen. Since I was a kid, I knew that salt was considered white death, as well as venom and poison, as my mother called it. And I knew that sugar was a drug and a killer of human health, particularly that of teeth. It's a paradox, but despite the lack of salt and sugar in my food, I had dishes which I liked or disliked. For example, I literally hated vegetable stew and loved chicken. And now it is even disgusting to recall them. Oh, yuck. These foods were equally horrible without salt, especially chicken, due to the presence of a specific aftertaste, which is pronounced if not neutralized. When I went to kindergarten, a special teacher was even assigned to me who made sure that, God forbid, neither salty food nor a dessert with sugar would enter my mouth. It's just that my mother works in sanitary control, and if something had gone wrong in kindergarten, then everyone would have had a very hard time, and most likely that institution would have actually been closed. I grew up feeling inferior. I wanted to eat what my peers were eating. This was especially relevant at birthday parties of someone in my neighborhood, or at the moments when my friends and I were all going out together, for example. I either didn't go out to such events at all, or I went there with my own container of food and a bottle of sour stewed fruit drink. Can you guess what the consequences of this were? In the best case scenario, people sympathized with me, asking what I was sick with, but in the worst situations, they just laughed and made fun of me. Once, my classmates and I went hiking with an overnight stay, and of course, I had to eat only the food which my mother had prepared for me in advance. But one of my classmates made a bad joke and stole my meals. I realized that if I complained to the teachers, it would be a real shame, so I could not do anything at all about it. So what did I do? Nothing. I had to starve for a whole day. But when I returned home, I ate a whole bunch of chicken. Well, I would have eaten much more if I had not had volvulus. I underwent an urgent surgery, and then the doctor said that it was because of serious overeating. Of course, I swallowed everything in my way after hiking, as if I had been starving for a whole month. All in all, I continued to grow up being weird for my peers, with separate meals and a bunch of bottles in my bag. Absolutely no one wanted to talk to me, and I did not understand what was wrong with me and why human food was deadly for me. 
But my mom did not tell me why I was so different from other people and only continued saying that salt and sugar were poisonous. And the older I got, the more questions I had. For example, at the age of about 11, I seriously thought about why my parents prepared food for themselves separately and with great pleasure added two ingredients that were forbidden for me. I mean, salt and sugar. Why is that? Aren't they afraid of white death and the gentle killer? But I still had not received any logical answers to any of the questions, and this drove me crazy as well as frightened me at the same time. Once, my parents and I came to visit our friends. At their place, we were celebrating someone's birthday. I can't even remember whose it was. So among the guests, there was one girl of my age, and we immediately found a common language and became friends. However, when it was time to sit at the table, I, as usual, refused from all of the beautiful dishes smelling delicious and took out my bottles with special food from my bag. My new friend glanced at me with a frightened look on her face and asked what I was sick with. Then I replied that I did not know my diagnosis and told her everything as it was. Then Monica, that was the name of this girl, suggested me to try a cake secretly from my parents. Even the mere thought that I might eat something containing sugar made me feel anxious and scared, so I told Monica that I couldn't do it. However, my new friend did not give up and continued to persuade me, demonstrating how she was eating a similar cake and enjoying its taste. At some point, curiosity won me over, so I hesitantly took a spoon and... At that moment, my mother showed up in the room and snatched the plate with the cake from my hands, smashing it against the floor and hit the spoon, basically knocking it out of my hand. After that, she started screaming and saying that I was an ungrateful girl because she and my dad had been protecting me from this poison all my life, but I decided to ruin everything with this little spoon. At that moment, I felt so bad after my mother's words that it seemed to me that I was a very bad person, so I promised her never to even look at the forbidden food again. Well, you know, after such screams and attacks, food will stick in your throat involuntarily and the cake will evoke only the worst associations. In short, I continued to eat disgusting, tasteless food for a long time. Well, for me, it was quite normal because I did not know how salty and sweet food tasted. It's now that I recall everything like a bad dream. I think you understand that sooner or later I will still try something prohibited, and not because the forbidden fruit is sweet, but because this is life. Every day I am surrounded by sweet and salty food literally everywhere. Well, I could not eat tasteless baby food forever. It happened when my parents visited our relatives who lived in Poland. I had plenty of unsalted convenience food for a whole week, and even a pot of stew with meat and vegetables, which of course were without salt. In short, my mother took good care of me, so I had nothing to worry about. However, the very next day after my parents' departure, when I was returning home from school, the roof of the building I was passing by collapsed on my head. I immediately fainted, and while I was unconscious, I was taken to the hospital by ambulance and even had brain surgery. When I came to my senses, there were nurses next to me, and they said that I had been unconscious for two days. But at that time, nothing threatened my life, and the first thing I had to do was eat so that my body had enough energy to recover. In front of me, there was a tray with some hospital dishes, and the first question I asked was if there was salt and sugar in those foods. 
The nurses were really surprised when I told them that I could eat neither of them and that I didn't even know why. Then they went somewhere and returned a few minutes later with a doctor. He said that I must definitely eat what they give me and assured me that nothing bad would happen to me. I asked if my parents gave them permission and was hesitating for a long time, but still I was very hungry and this affected my consciousness. I took a spoon and... Oh my god, what is this? Is this chicken soup? It was just an explosion of flavor. I couldn't believe that food could be so delicious. I think I even rolled my eyes and purred with pleasure. It was just incredible and unspeakable. The doctor and nurses were watching in amazement how I was enjoying each spoonful. And then the police showed up in the office. I could not understand the reason for their visit. Has anything happened to my parents? But as it turned out, the doctor invited them there, saying that there was child abuse in my family, which led to health problems. The doctor explained that salt is necessary for every person in small amounts, and since my body didn't get this product at all, he noticed some problems that were related to the water-salt balance. And the worst thing is that, in fact, I've constantly been in the state of dehydration. As it turned out, for 15 years, my parents believed that they were making an invaluable contribution to my health, but in fact, they ruined it with their own hands. And this is not to mention my psychological state because I had to endure a lot of limitations, offenses, and deprivals during this time. From the hospital, I was taken to the children's residential care facility, and I've stayed there for almost two weeks. Yeah, it was not very comfortable there, and in fact, the institution cannot be compared with my home, but all this time, I was taking immense pleasure in the variety and diversity of tastes that ordinary food has. Why have my parents been depriving me of such pleasure for so many years? Two weeks later, through the court trial, I was returned to my family, and as it turned out, my parents understood what their mistake was, and earlier they had not even realized that the lectures they listened to when my mom was pregnant related only to babies. It is they who cannot eat salt and sugar, not teenagers. Now my parents and I consume the same food, but I have a new problem. I love the taste of food so much that I started to eat a lot, and because of this, I'm gaining weight. I hope I will be able to handle this problem. Have you ever tried eating your usual dishes without salt? How does it feel? I was gone for five minutes, but five minutes was always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? Well, he didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time, so I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair, and she ran away so fast she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. 
I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17, and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts. But I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, Would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Sure. And so we started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness. And I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene, yeah, I lost my temper a little bit there, but it's understandable too. Once we were supposed to do a biology project. When they started announcing couples, I had my fingers crossed. I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike. Miss Morris, meanwhile, announced, Katie and Rob. Oh, shit, I blurted out, but quietly. Miss Morris continued, Mike and Tiffany. It was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision. But all I got in response was, Your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time, said, Are we going to work on ours? I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon, and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess, I asked him, Where will you be working on the project? Tiffany invited me to her house cool, I think they have a hot tub. I tried not to show, but it was hard. Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance, though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of, Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once, If I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. 
Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. Great, I lied. But, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on to put my mind at rest. But I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. <laughs> don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand. I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were. The house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live, or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> That's funny. Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are. Okay, fine. But I don't like it. I patted Rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor, gripping the gutter tightly with my hands. It was pretty high and I didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of Tiffany's house. As I climbed onto the balcony, I looked down and waved to Rob. He waved back. I waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell. The guy left. I opened the door and went inside. Everything in Tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive. Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive, handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First, I saw Tiffany come out of the room, and then I saw Mike. He came downstairs too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's. Where were we? Something that makes you feel good. Ah, that's it! I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet. I knew it! Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike. You're in love with Tiffany! What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them. Watching you cheat on me. But we were just working on a project, 
I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this, Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But no, Katie, it's over. Mike, not wanting to hear my excuses, left the room. I guess you can find your own way out, Tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after Mike. I came home depressed. I couldn't believe Mike had left me. All because of Tiffany. Who am I kidding? My inner voice said. This was all my fault. Why did I have to go to her house? I knew Mike would never lie to me. But it was too late. I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob in the mouse cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear. But at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid, even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm. I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend, and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun, until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress. How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them. They're ugly and cheap. I knew our poor situation was none of mom's fault. And later that <gasps> evening, she surprised me. And I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, mom. I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me. 
and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barras's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barras's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Alessia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mum. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia, I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um... Some things you don't know about, and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport. 
Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mum was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but we couldn't find your mum. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mum had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mum. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years, and by then I could marry you, and we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want. Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mungi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see... Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. 
I tried everything to trigger mom's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, mom couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. The stress of caring for mom and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted to deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter, and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shade showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. 
I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. Barasa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you too. Mum and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. She's so pretty, just like a real-life Barbie. I wish my hair was as shiny and blonde as hers. This is what people think of me. But all I ever wanted was just to be a normal teenage girl, like everyone else. You see, ever since I was little, I stood out with my platinum blonde hair and turquoise eyes. People have always said I look like a Barbie. Hey, some of them even call me Barbie. My mom's always been super proud of my looks. She used to put me in princess dresses and sign me up for kids' talent shows, which I more often than not won. This led to media attention, and soon, I was invited to model for some big brands. Back then, I was super excited about this. I loved all the praise and pampering. But unexpectedly, it was that early fame that made me gradually lose my freedom. Nora, go get dressed. Quickly, I'm not showing up late for Anna's party. Yes, Mom, I replied as I reluctantly grabbed the clothes my mom had laid out on my bed. Nora, your natural hair is so beautiful. Before I even had a chance to reply, Mom was in there bragging about my natural blonde hair. Natural? Yeah, right. So it has nothing to do with the fact mom makes me bleach it once a month? <laughs> she made a huge deal a few months ago when she noticed my hair beginning to slightly darken. Then mom dragged me from person to person, boasting to them about my achievements. Ugh! This was so tedious. So when she was absorbed in convo with some guy, I sneaked over to the food table and grabbed a slice of cake. I was about to put it in my mouth when suddenly, from behind... My mother's stern voice resounded, Nora, put that down this instance. Huh? It's just a small piece of cake. I was hardly going to balloon up after eating it. Then without giving me time to argue, she snatched it out of my hand and said, Eat that and you'll have to skip dinner and do cardio for one hour to burn all those calories off. Do you still want it? Jeez. There's no point arguing with mom, so I grabbed my drink and went to the corner of the room. 
I was fiddling with my glass and feeling totally fed up when suddenly a guy came up to me and almost caused me to spill my drink. Oh my God, it's Philip, the hottest teen model in the scene right now. Sorry, um, are you Nora? I've heard a lot about you, but why are you standing here all alone? Ah, it's because I'm not really into parties like this. So we're the same. Then we started chatting, and before Philip left, he asked for my number. After that, he texted me every evening. Talking to him was so much fun. He was just so sweet and thoughtful, and he always sent me the funniest memes. How cute! One day, while we were chatting, he texted me, Can I invite you to dinner? Let's say, tomorrow evening? Ah, was he asking me out on a date? Yay! But I had to ask Mom's permission first. Ugh. Mom, do you remember Philip, who we met at Anna's birthday party? Can I go to dinner with him tomorrow? Sure, I'll, I'll drive you there. No need, Mom. Philip will pick me up. No, I said I'll take you. No matter what I said, Mom still insisted. And if I didn't follow, she wouldn't let me go. Jeez. This was a date not a fashion show that required a manager. The next evening, as soon as I walked down the stairs, my mom was at it again. Oh my, what are you wearing? Before I had a chance to reply, mom pulled me into my room, took out a bodycon dress, and said, you put so much effort into looking this way, so you may as well flaunt it. Besides, dating this boy could bring business deals for us. Gosh, I get it now. All this was just about fame and money. There Philip was. I quickly fixed my hair, then I confidently walked towards him. But when I had just sat down, before I could even greet him, out of nowhere my mother appeared and asked the waiter to arrange another chair for her. Philip gave me this bewildered look, but I didn't know what was going on either. Mom, what are you doing? We've always been together. You don't mind if I sit here, do you? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Philip smiled awkwardly. Ugh, this was so embarrassing. When the waiter appeared with the menus, I was actually glad of the distraction. But, oh no, I didn't even have the chance to open the menu, but Mom had already finished ordering for us both. Grilled salmon with salad and no dressing. Ugh, how boring. Oh, but it gets worse. During dinner, my mom kept asking Philip questions like, What do your parents do? Oh, they only run a small business. I thought they were the presidents of a corporation or something. It's unbearable. Stop it. It's none of your business. I was just asking. A flustered-looking Philip made up some excuse about having to do something. Then he left. That's it. Thanks to my mom, my first date completely failed. Frustrated, I left right after he did. I didn't say a word to mom for the whole journey home. Things didn't end there, though. When we arrived home, she kept nagging about how I shouldn't hang out with Philip as he wouldn't be of any use to my career. Don't you think you're being too much? I can date whoever I want to. You know what? I don't want you to be my manager anymore, and I'll be moving out on my own. Then I rushed back to my room and started packing. Honey, I was just worried about you. I'm sorry, she said and hugged me while sobbing. Please. Don't leave me like your dad did. I 
can't live without you. Hearing that, my heart fell. She was right. Ever since Dad left, there was only her taking care of and loving me. She's a bit tough and over-controlling, yet she meant well, right? I texted Philip a few times to apologize, but he didn't reply. Nora, look straight. Nora, where has your charisma gone? Let's take a short break. What's going on? You seem distracted today. I sighed and started telling Eleanor about my date with Philip. Gosh, your mom's a total control freak. You need to be strong and stand up against her to win your freedom. Well, of course I wanted freedom, but where should I start? Suddenly my phone beeped and stopped my train of thoughts. It was mom. Honey, Anna's sick, so I'm staying at hers tonight. Dinner's in the fridge, and don't forget to go on the treadmill an hour before bed. Love you. Yay. Tonight I'd be free and do whatever I want. So suddenly, I came up with a brilliant idea. Yes, I was going to have a slumber party. Eleanor suggested we should order pizzas, and of course everyone excitedly agreed. So good. Suddenly, the door opened. My eyes widened in horror when I saw that it was my mom, and oh boy, she looked furious. Nora, what on earth are you doing? And you can guess the rest. She made all my friends leave, and worse, she forced me to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out. All this just because of a bite of pizza. Eleanor was right. I needed to put a stop to this by finally standing up to her. This is unbearable. So, as a stress reliever the next day, I decided to do something I always wanted. Wow, it's so cute. I know, right? It feels good to do what I want for a change. Nora? Why are you here? How come you didn't answer any of my calls? Startled, I turned around to see my mother standing there glaring at me. I quickly covered the tattoo on my wrist with my other hand, but it was too late. Nora, how dare you get a tattoo without my permission? Get back in there and get it removed right away. No, mom. My body, my choice. From now on, I'll make decisions about my own life. Everyone on the street stopped to look at us. Seeing that, Mom just glared at Eleanor, then dragged me over to the car. But how did she know I was at the tattoo studio? Right at that moment, my phone buzzed with an unknown AirTag device nearby. Wait, could it be? I quickly checked my stuff and oh my god, it's true. Mom had stuck an AirTag into a hidden corner of my bag. Why did you attach an air tag to my bag? So I'm aware when you do stupid things like tarnishing your body with some awful tattoo. As soon as possible, you're getting it removed. I'm 18. I can do what I want. Eleanor was right. You just want to turn me into a puppet to control. I knew it. Nora, I forbid you to hang out with that girl ever again. She's jealous of you and wants to ruin your career. She just wanted to help me. Your behavior isn't acceptable. And she pulled me into my room and locked the door. You can stay there until you see sense. I banged on the door and shouted till my voice was hoarse, but it was no use. Three days passed. Mom still brought me food, but she refused to let me out. Oh no. Did she want to keep me here forever? I hurriedly called Eleanor for help, but it didn't work. 
Why didn't she answer the phone? Then suddenly I saw an article reporting that a model had spoken up about how Eleanor had been tricking her to steal her vedette spot for a famous designer's upcoming show. And that model was... Me? Impossible. That did not happen at all. And I have not been in contact with the press. Then a thought crossed my mind. Mom? That's right. As my manager, she must have said this to the media to defame Eleanor. Meanwhile, Eleanor must think it was me who did all this. Ugh, no wonder she was ignoring my calls. Angry and disappointed with Mom's behavior, I decided to confide in my Twitter. Unexpectedly, after only 20 minutes, my post was shared quickly and the hashtag RescueNora was at the top of the search. But then my mom angrily came in and confiscated my phone. Don't expect someone to come here and save you. The next morning, I was awoken by loud noises from outside. Huh? What was going on? I went to the window and saw a crowd of people holding signs, saying free Nora and let Barbie out. But wait a minute. I spotted some familiar faces. Eleanor and Philip. They were holding a big sign saying, we want to see Nora. Finally, under the pressure of the crowd, mom was forced to release me. Honestly, I was grateful to the people who supported me, especially Eleanor and Philip. Thanks to them, I dared to finally break my mom's unreasonable control and grip and be myself. So, I decided to move into my own place. As for my mom, ugh, I want to forgive her, but it's hard. I just hope she realizes what she did was wrong. Then we can try to rebuild our relationship. Oh, and one more thing. From now on, I won't bleach my hair. Just to get doll hair like before. I decided to keep my natural hair color. It may affect my modeling career, but so what? It's my natural hair, and I like it. Anyway, as you can see, life's good, as I have my BFF Eleanor and my boyfriend Philip by my side. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Kim and I were taken to school in our car as usual. When we got to our destination, the driver opened the door and the umbrella for me while leaving Kim struggling with a broken one. She angrily threw the broken umbrella at me, but the driver caught it just in time. Ugh, you'll pay for this, imposter. Hi, I'm Emily, 17 years old. I was born into poverty and lived with my single mom in a small town in Coventry. Life was difficult, but I was happy to have a loving mom. But little had I known, my life was about to take a drastic turn. That morning, when I looked out the window, I saw two scary men dressed in black approaching our house. They exchanged urgent words with my mom, and a moment later, she suddenly kicked my door wide open. Emily, it's time I let you know the truth. You're adopted. Your real dad has come to bring you home. What the hell? I was adopted? Suddenly, these two men spoke to me. Lady, please follow us. I was so scared that I wanted to run away, but they easily picked me up and put me into the car. 
In just a blink, the car stopped in front of a large mansion. Oh my god, could my real dad be the US president? Of course not, but his profile was nothing short of amazing. He's the chairman of the International WOA Electronic Corporation. When he saw me, he rushed to hug me emotionally. However, contrary to his happiness, there was a very annoyed girl standing right behind him. My dad released me and smiled. Ah, uh, this is Kim, my other daughter. She's the girl who was swapped with you at the hospital. It turned out that due to some negligence, Kim and I were mistakenly swapped after we were born. I was about to greet Kim, but she immediately pushed me away. This is stupid. And left. That was so rude. Well, she'll have to accept it whether she likes it or not. From now on, you two will stay together. What about mom? She was supposed to pick Kim up, but it's strange that I can't contact her anymore. It was <gasps> unbelievable that after my mom had received the money from my real dad, she suddenly disappeared without a trace. Having no choice, Kim and I stayed in two different rooms next to each other. Mm. Dad often had to go to work, so there was just me and her at home. Kim was a very wasteful girl who never wore anything more than once. Seeing so many luxurious new clothes of hers in the trash, I decided to wash them myself and kindly put them on her bed. However, when she returned, she angrily threw those clothes at me. How dare you put trash on my bed? Are you crazy? I washed them for you. They're still new. Nobody asked you to. Take them then, you dirt poor maniac. Then Kim kicked me out of the room and slammed the door. How spoiled! She needed to be taught a lesson. The very next day when Dad was handing me a credit card and telling me to buy the things I needed, Kim screamed at the top of her lungs. All of her credit cards had exceeded the limit and were temporarily locked. Dad, why did you lock my cards? How should I buy a present for Tim? For all those wondering, Tim is Kim's boyfriend, a good-for-nothing douchebag. I don't understand how she could fall for a guy like that, though. I guess birds of a feather flock together. In addition, her obnoxious personality had made her super unpopular with the house staff. The way they treated me and her were completely different. Once, I saw the maid purposefully not cleaning Kim's dishes and talking badly behind her back. Every morning, no one cared to polish Kim's shoes or open the umbrella for her when we got out of the car. That's why our relationship became even more strained. Kim hated me and thought that I was the reason she was treated so unfairly. I definitely won't let this slide. And unlucky for me, she kept her words. On the first day I attended the fencing class at my new school, I was confused and clumsy because I had never been exposed to such a sport. Even worse, Kim and I were set to be a pair. As soon as the instructor told us to start, Kim attacked me with ferocity. Wait, stop! I never fought with a saber! Then suffer, you dumbass! She slashed at me without missing a single shot. I was so angry that I threw my saber straight at her face, but she quickly avoided it. Unfortunately, it knocked our instructor's wig off and revealed his bald head. In the end, Kim and I had to stay behind to clean up the chemistry class as punishment. While cleaning the kit, she accidentally dropped the bottle of acid on the ground. Watch out! I lunged forward and quickly pushed him away. Just a bit later and we might have been seriously injured with acid. Kim <gasps> looked at me fearfully. We stayed silent on the way home that day while being covered in the awkward atmosphere in the car. That night I tossed and turned, unable to sleep because of the pain from the fencing practice. Ouch. You okay? 
to my surprise, Kim appeared in front of my door. Turns out she came to ask for the clothes I washed the other day. Oh right, her cards were locked so she couldn't buy any new ones. I agreed to give them back and in return she helped me to put on the painkiller lotion. We talked a lot and slowly she started opening up. Before you came here, dad was always busy and rarely stayed at home. I throw a tantrum sometimes just to get his attention. Having said that, Kim giggled and started telling me about her pranks in the past. As she was speaking, she suddenly fell silent and mumbled, Thank you for saving me this afternoon and sorry for these bruises. Unexpectedly, Kim was more sincere than I thought. Thanks to that, we gradually became closer. <laughs> the next few days, when Kim and I went to school, we saw Kim's boyfriend shamelessly flirting with another girl. Kim angrily confronted him, but that douchebag violently pushed her to the ground. Isn't it clear? I'm dumping you, stupid. Then suddenly he put his arm around my shoulder and whispered, I heard you're the real daughter. You deserve a wonderful man like me. What a big fat jerk. I kneeped him in the stomach and pulled Kim away. Not only that, I poured super glue on his chair and later that day he had to go to the restroom with the chair still stuck to his butt while everyone laughed at him. Serves him right. In the days that followed, I also shared some of my allowance with Kim and with the experience of a used-to-be broke ass, I taught her how to save and appreciate money more. We soon became besties. <laughs> However, even though life at the mansion was good, I still missed my mom dearly. One day when I came home from school, I surprisingly saw my mom in my dad's study room. They were arguing fiercely with each other. When are you going to tell them that they weren't swapped? What? I pushed open the door and burst in, startling them both. They had no choice but to confess the truth. Turns out, because Kim's dad wanted to teach his daughter how to behave and spend money properly, he asked my mom to let me stay at his mansion in exchange for a huge amount of money. Feeling betrayed and disrespected, I packed up my things and left his mansion immediately despite Kim's attempts to call me multiple times. I left without contacting anyone for a day and stayed at the subway station at night. Just my luck, from a distance I saw Tim approaching me with a baseball bat. Gotcha. Finally left alone without those annoying bodyguards. You humiliated me in front of everyone. Saying that, that douchebag rushed towards me and I could only pray for a miracle. And it happened. Kim appeared out of nowhere and used her saber to disarm him. Knowing better than anyone what a fearsome swordsman his ex was, he immediately ran away. Kim then turned to me. Are you okay? Why did you save me? Aren't you angry that I was an imposter who stole your life? Kim shook her head and smiled. Honestly, at first, I was afraid that everyone would love you more and abandon me. But you kindly reached out to me, even taught me how to be grateful for what I have. So stay with me, Emily. With that, we happily <laughs> hugged each other. Since then, Kim and I have become soulmates. Kim's dad and my mom apologized to us for hiding everything, then helped us start over. Everything is so much better now. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...